And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Tuesday, 3rd of October. I'm Tim Spears, and on today's show... Mikhailo Mudrik scores his first Chelsea goal. It's not just a big goal for Mudrik himself. They feel as a team it's a big goal. Liverpool demand VAR answers. These things are very, very hard to quantify and, and prove. And the Champions League returns tonight. Ozerman went on a goal drought. He's since started scoring again. So they go into this game against Real Madrid in great form. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Tim Spears. Will early for Mudrick to score! How he has thirsted for that! Chelsea recorded a long overdue Premier League win last night as they beat West London rivals Fulham 2-0 at Craven Cottage. Both goals came in the first half. Mikolo Mudrik found the net for the first time since his £88 million move last January and the returning Armando Broya quickly doubled the lead 82 seconds later. That was pretty much that as Chelsea scored their first league goal since August and earned a much-needed victory. It means they've won a league game against a side above them in the table for the first time since May 2021. Simon Johnson was there for the Athletic and he joins us now. So Simon Mudrik finally scored... How relieved did he look to find the back of the net? Well, I think you saw Tim just after he scored when he put his hands to his to his face and you could tell looking to the heavens. But it wasn't just his reaction, I have to say. It was the reaction of his teammates around him. I spoke to Levi Colwell after the game and, and you could tell that it, it's not just a big goal for Mudrick himself. They feel as a team it's a big goal. that They, they see this guy better than we do they see him day in day out in training they know what he can deliver but we haven't seen it enough us outsiders on, on the pitch itself and they clearly will hope now that this is a breakthrough moment although of course the concern is the fact he had to go off at half time whenever something good happens usually it's soon followed by an injury well that's it I mean he limped off Moises Caicedo as well don't tell me this this is another injury or two for Chelsea to worry about well Pochettino afterwards was sort of said he doesn't think it's too serious that the Mudrick one he, he said that he was feeling something in his quad and and perhaps it was a bit precautionary although you automatically think it it does make him a bit of a doubt for for Burnley away which would be a shame because you can tell the reason he's getting a bit confident is he's finally getting a run of starts you can question Mudrick's performances but I don't think he's been helped either by whether the Chelsea coaches have been, that he's had, he's had quite a few already, of course, um, whether they've been too protective of him or not trusted him enough. The only way that Mudrick can get better is if he's playing. As for Casado, he, he looked like in a lot of discomfort when he, when he went to the, the bench late on. And then when he, when he walked off down the tunnel, he had strapping to his left knee. But hopefully it was just, again, a, you know, he got a knock and he just came off. 
Thanks, Simon. For full reaction to Chelsea's win, listen to the Athletics' dedicated Blues pod straight out of Cobham. There's Premier League action tonight too as Luton Town, fresh from their first win of the season, take on Burnley, who are still looking for theirs. That's at 7.30pm, but not on telly in the UK. You can watch it in the States though, on Peacock at 2.30pm Eastern Time. Speaking of Premier League stars playing on Tuesday, Ivan Tony is set to return to play in a behind-closed-doors friendly for Brentford. It'll be his first time back on the pitch since his eight-month betting ban. However, he cannot play competitively until January the 17th. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. And we've all been there and made mistakes. So I, I feel for them, but it is a horrendous mistake that is unprecedented and you can't actually quite believe the explanation that's being given. The fallout from Saturday's VAR controversy continues as Liverpool push for answers over the wrongly disallowed goal in their defeat to Spurs. After releasing a statement saying the explanation given to them by the PGMOL was unacceptable and that sporting integrity had been undermined, Liverpool have now asked for audio of the discussion between the match officials to be made available. So what happens next? And could any legal action be taken? The Athletics football news writer Tom Burrows has been looking into this and he joins us now. Tom, as we know, Liverpool have released a statement on the matter, but what is it exactly that they're calling for here? What was particularly interesting was in their last line, they said that they would explore the range of options available, given the clear need for escalation and resolution. I mean, all the the legal experts I spoke to, they basically said it wasn't entirely clear what arguments Liverpool would, would have here. They couldn't really see any circumstances where there would be any change made to the fixture, for example, replaying the game. Even though this is not something that is important to say, this is not something that Liverpool have called for at this stage. The main issue being that you couldn't definitely prove that by allowing the goal to have stood at the time, it would definitely have changed the outcome of the result. And they were all a bit unclear as to what Liverpool would get out of pursuing this legally or what they would do in terms of the next steps. Yeah, they're calling for escalation. They're going to want more than an apology from from Howard Webb here. But I don't know what that could be, really. But clearly they feel so seriously about it that, that they want more than that. One of the lawyers said it was it's part of a communication strategy designed to keep the rhetoric going and show they're not taking it lying down. Even though he said that there were potential flaws in any possible legal challenge that Liverpool might try to make. Again, it was unclear what exactly they would get out of this. You know, they're looking for a payment... Would you make this claim at the end of the season when you see exactly where the standings are, if it's affected potentially where you've finished in the league, you've missed out on Europe? Would it then be a case of coming back and saying, we've missed out on this amount of money as a result of that? But again, these things are very, very hard to quantify and and prove. One thing that, again, they wanted to go down the kind of negligence route. They could argue that the breach of duty of care has caused the damage to Liverpool and they've suffered loss. But when you start arguing those types of legal principles, you then run up against the potential block of being able to argue that one decision, clearly wrong though it was, determined the outcome of the result and would have ultimately made a difference to the result. And in the game of football, when you've got a goal that was scored early in the match in the first half, it's it's very difficult to do that really. The Champions League returns tonight for match day two and here are all the key lines you need to know. 
Manchester United host Galatasaray at Old Trafford. Eric Ten Hag has confirmed that Anthony is being considered for selection after the Brazilian return to training following a leave of absence. He's under investigation for an alleged assault on his former partner. Anthony denies all allegations against him. Arsenal face Law in France. Bukayo Saka has travelled with the squad despite concerns on his fitness. Thomas Partey also joins the group after his spell on the sidelines. And Bayern Munich will hope to return to winning ways against Copenhagen. But if you're expecting an easy win for Harry Kane and co here, think again as Copenhagen didn't lose a match at home in the group stage last season and that included playing eventual champions Manchester City. Those games and all the others are on TNT Sports in the UK at 8pm and Paramount Plus in America at 3pm. But the match we're going to focus on is in Naples as Italian champions Napoli host the mighty Real Madrid. Italian football writer James Horncastle joins me to preview that now. James, Napoli were runaway title winners last year, but this season are they a different proposition? It's been a lot of change at Napoli since they won the league title for the first time in 33 years. Luciano Spalletti, uh, the head coach, uh, left because he wanted to have a sabbatical. Cristiano Giuntoli, the sporting director who built this league title winning team, he left to head up the rebuild at the club he supported as a boy, Juventus. And Kim Min-Jae, the defender of the year in Serie A, who only joined from Fenerbahce last season, he left for Bayern Munich after they decided to pay his buyout clause. So although Napoli only lost one member of their league title winning team on the pitch, structurally the team is set up not differently, but it has a different technical direction under Rudy Garcia. Garcia was a surprise appointment. Garcia has a track record in Italy. He was in charge of Roma. I think we've seen at the beginning of the season, there has been a hangover from winning the league title. But things have started to come good. They've won their last couple of games, uh, scoring four goals in each of them. Players who looked off the pace at the start of the season, like the Serie A MVP, Kavisha Kavaratskelia, Looks back to his best. Uh, Cavadatskelia missed a lot of pre-season. Ozerman went on a goal drought. He's since started scoring again. So they go into this game against Real Madrid in great form. Victor Ossiman has been in the headlines for an unusual reason lately. Has he kissed a made up with the club after last week? A truly remarkable situation uh, last week uh, after the 0-0 draw against Bologna. Uh, Ozerman had missed a penalty. And on the Tuesday, a post appeared on Napoli's uh, official TikTok account, which uh, mocked their own player, their star, Victor Osman, for missing that spot kick. And going back through that TikTok page, there was another uh, offensive post put on it with racial overtones. We saw Osman's agent uh, publish a uh, statement on, on Twitter, threatening to take legal action. Uh, against the club for uh, for damaging Ozymen. In the meantime, Ozymen was called up for the game against Udinese. He started, uh, he scored. Uh, Napoli put out a statement afterwards which said they never intended to cause any offence. It was a non-apology and uh, Ozymen was rested at the weekend but came on and uh, scored the second goal, a crucial second goal in another big win. And then he put out his first statement, uh, particularly after comments had been made back in Nigeria in the parliament, which were defensive of him, 
He, in turn, was defensive about Neapolitans, the city of Naples. He did not hold them responsible for uh, the TikTok posts and he didn't want them to be accused of, of being something that they are not. So at the moment, Ozyman is still very much the star and uh, will be starting uh, against uh, Real Madrid as long as he uh, is past fit, uh, which he should be for the game at the Stadio Diego and Manda Maradona. So Real Madrid in the Maradona, set the scene for us, James. It's got classic written all over it. This fixture, it might surprise you to learn, is one of the most influential in the history of European football. Its legacy is that it's the game that made the Champions League because when Napoli won the Scudetto for the first time in their history in 1987, they were waiting for the draw for the old European Cup and uh, there was not group stages and they got Real Madrid in the first round. This felt like an injustice because one of these teams was going to fall at the first hurdle. Um, they would play no part in the rest of the European season. And that was the fate of Napoli. It meant that Diego Armando Maradona, the best player in the world, the guy who just won the World Cup in 86 with uh, Argentina, was, was only going to play two games in that competition. And it just struck uh, some of the most influential people in the game as anachronistic. So in the end, Napoli-Real Madrid in 1987 led to um, the introduction of a group stage. So the tournament, uh, as we know it at the moment, owes a lot to this, uh, to this game. And uh, more recently as well, Carlo Ancelotti, the Real Madrid coach, uh, was in charge of Napoli and he was sacked. And we all think of uh, Ancelotti as being avuncular, as a kind of superstar whisperer who always gets on with his players. But there was a mutiny uh, at Napoli. He ended up going to Everton and people thought that was the end of Carlo Ancelotti at the highest level. And of course, in the end, Real Madrid ended up appointing him. He won the Champions League again. And here he is back at the Stadio Diego Armando Maradona. It should be a fantastic game. Certainly should be. And you can hear more from James on the Totally Football Show European Edition, which is out now. That's it for today. I've been Tim Spears. Your producers were Mike Zimmerman and Abby Patterson and executive producer was Ian McIntosh. If you're enjoying the Daily Football Briefing, then make sure you're always up to date on all things football by hitting the follow button on your podcast app. Michael Bailey will be with you tomorrow. Until then, have a great day. The Athletic. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.